Welcome, everyone. <laughs> as soon as we start, the power goes out again. <laughs> All right. Okay, get you back on. That's good. That's good. <laughs> good evening, everyone. How's everyone doing? Trust everyone's doing great. All right, let me, waiting for lights kick back in here. Um, this is why <laughs> we are praying, right? We want to see change <laughs> in Nigeria, in the power situation. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. I think we got some something good going. Hello, if y'all. Oh, the track I was playing before, right? Um, okay, let me fade in real quick. Give me one second here. And voila. Well, good evening, everyone. Hello, if y'all. Same to this video. It wasn't a video. It's um, let me see here. I I'll send you the link. It's on my personal podcast channel. Um, I have these prayer tracks that I think are really inspiring any blessing for everyone. So I sometimes host some of these things myself. Um, yeah, 
anyways, just everyone's doing good. Um, I know like some of the news, the headlines might be discouraging. Hallelujah. Um, but um, we are not, how I phrase this now? We are not led by the news, right? We're not led by the media. Um, prophetic, the prophetic um, headlines say otherwise. Um, there might be a few things that would flow through um, over the next few days that might be keep on praying um hallelujah let me i guess i'll share the specific vein um pastor francis seabor has taught exhaustively he sends love and his greetings by the way and y'all be seeing him very soon exhaustively on um the mysteries of the kingdom of god is the name of this crystal rivers expression and he has exhaustively taught on the dominion mandate of the church hallelujah and um, I think the last time, I can't remember the last time I taught, this was on a Wednesday. I missed last, last Wednesday because we started the prayers chain. We had to cancel and postpone till, till right now. So um, <laughs> upper week, we spoke about the kingdom, I believe, and operations that were dominating the soul. I believe that was the trajectory we were going on. Um, but I want to like kind of shift gears real quick and just, you know, lay emphasis on something that um, Pastor Papa would normally love to lay emphasis on, which is on our dominion mandate, right? It's going to quickly throw um, light on that real quick in Genesis chapter one from verse 26. It w- this is heavily emphasized. Oh, passion translation. I feel like passion translation from yesterday. How many of you were blessed by yesterday's open book? Mama ministered and it was so powerful. Um, I got so many things to apply personally and practically. Um, I spoke with a friend and we went had a little back and forth afterwards. Um, It was beautiful. Yes, yes, powerful. Um, Man, a major thing that hit me was Mama said this almost in passing, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And it hit me who we are in who we are in crisis in us than the world is external. Does that make sense? When I walk in the flesh, I'm not living my life. I'm living an external life. Hallelujah. That is the weirdest thing. That's the aberration that we believers are at times when we refuse to yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We're living an external life. The Lord had told me these things before, but it was crude. When I say it was crude, you know, when you get downloads from the Holy Spirit and they're not nailed in scripture, like whatever you get from the Lord, you need to make sure I don't have my Kindle here. I usually like to use that as my reference, but I have a Bible here. Wait a second. I have a paper Bible. I'm legit, y'all. There we go. Whatever you get from the Lord, you want to make sure you can find or trace it out here. Either trace it out verbatim or trace out the wisdom here. Um, and by wisdom, I mean it's it is a recurring theme in the scriptures, or it is um, on the trajectory of the things expressed here. Does that make sense? So basically, like the things that you're getting from the Lord, man, I need to wipe. Wipe that area. Just took the Bible off and I saw like a little spot that needs to be cleaned. Anyways, um, you trace um, kind of the trajectory of what the Spirit of God is saying or has said to see what the Spirit of God is saying. So if you don't hit any of those like bullet points right there, you'll probably not hear from God. Amen. And you need to make sure that everything you get from the scripture, from the from the Lord, it can be proven in the scriptures. Now, I did have like the themes, you know, kind of consistent, you know, yes, life cries on the inside of us. But that was the verse that did it for me. I was like, wow. When I am not living like Jesus, I am living an external life. I am living a life that is contrary to me. It's kind of like when a dog 
sees a human being and begins to act like a human, right? Like if you see, you do something, uh, you do kind of something kind of funny and then the dog kind of copies you, okay? That's not the dog's life, amen? The dog lives his life. He has his own life to live and he's just mimicking you. That is what we do when we walk in sin. That is what we do when we walk in the flesh, amen? And the reason why it should convict us, the reason why it should really bother us when we live that way is because that is not our life. Read Colossians 3, the Bible says, when Christ who is our life appears, then we shall appear with him in glory. I thought that was really powerful and it really hit me. There were several other, other things that hit me, you know, the practicality of endeavoring to keep, you know, our, our love walk, you know, the, we, myself, Mama, and I think Jinma was around too as well, and Phoebe, we kept on talking even after the meeting ended and it was glorious because we read even more scriptures and it was powerful. Um, okay, let's jump on this um, dominion mandate here. I would say, God said, let's make men in our image after our likeness, according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Hallelujah. Now, um, God basically says here, Let's make man in our image and let them have dominion. Amen. So I just want to lay emphasis on the fact that God's intention was to give us dominion, was to give us authority. Hallelujah. Paul echoes this time and time again in the book of Galatians 3. Galatians. Sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Huh. Oh, I'm in the wrong. I'm still in. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> um, yes, First Corinthians chapter four. Then I'm going to look at verse. Um, hmm. In I'm looking at verse. So is it chapter three? Um, first Corinthians chapter six, my bad. I was way off. I am so sorry here. It's chapter six, right? There any of you? Yes. Let's look at from verse two. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge these smallest matters? Hmm. Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more the things that pertain to this present life. Hallelujah. So basically, uh, Paul is hammering here that we are going to judge angels. Now, we're also going to judge the world. Why am I bringing these verses out? Just as a follow-up to that dominion mandate verse that we read before, and to kind of head us on this trajectory, okay? And what is this trajectory? It is the fact that God wants us first to come into his image and his likeness, and then as a consequence of coming to that image and his likeness, express his dominion. I'm going to say it again. God wants us to come into his image and into his likeness, and as a consequence of that, express his dominion. Now, um, man, when, I can't remember what day it was, when I was hammering, um, I think, I think it was, um, it was two Wednesdays ago, right? Did I get to it? I think I did. It wasn't last week, Thursday, was it? I think it was last week. It was, yes, I remember now. I was talking about proteins and DNA and the book of life. Anyone remember that? 
I believe that was two two Wednesdays ago. The two mysteries of the kingdoms, two mysteries of the kingdom ago. <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm on the right track here. But um, basically, um, something that we showed during that period of time was that if you are living, hallelujah, if you are living or if you come into the image and likeness of God, amen, maybe I should give scriptures that would help us hammer this down, okay? So I'm a little bit not put together um, right now, um, but the Lord will put me together, amen? Or oh, he's put me together, hallelujah. So in Christ I'm put together. But I want us to look at Genesis chapter five. I believe that's a portion of scripture, yes, okay? I'm gonna look and understand what the image and likeness means, okay? This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. Notice how the image and likeness, right? Um, Mandy, I'm about, to, I'm about to go further on here. Starts off with the book of genealogy. You might not be able to tell that yet, but you're gonna find out in a second, okay? Just went ahead of myself. <laughs> in the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female. So this is a throwback to Genesis chapter one, right? When God made Adam and Eve, male and female in the image and likeness of God, right? You see that in Genesis 126, as you know, image after, after likeness, they have dominion, da, 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 da. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So you see that throwback to the male and female right there, right? Both of them in the image and likeness of God. And God blessed them and called them mankind in the day when they were created. Now, if you were to look up your, um, whatchamacallit, your, if you were to take this portion of scripture, okay? and look at it in your Hebrew Greek lexicon, you're going to discover that where it says there that God made, um, that God blessed them, this is verse two, created them male and female, and he blessed them and he called them mankind in the day when they were created. If you were to look at that in your Hebrew Greek lexicon, it's going to say that God called them Adam. In the King James, it shows us this, because it says your male and female created them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. And Adam, or male and female, lived 130 years and begot a son in their own likeness after their image and called his name Seth. Can everyone see that? So what I'm trying to show us here is that the picture of God um, um, making someone his image and after his likeness, God was basically saying, I want to have a son. I want to have a child. I don't know if anyone saw that right there, okay? Look at that again one more time, okay? So Adam lived 130 years old and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. Again, Adam here is referring to Adam and Eve, right? Hallelujah. When they gave birth to a son, this son was in their own likeness after their own image and they called his name Seth. Hallelujah. Now, why is this important? Because if you go back to our dominion mandate, we saw in Genesis 1, 26, 27, when God said, let's make man in our image after our likeness, God was saying, I want to have a son. Now, why is this important? Now, how does this tie into what I said about books early on with the book of genealogy? Because remember, this, this chapter starts with the book of the gen generations or the genealogy of Adam. Amen. We explained last time we were together for Missions of the Kingdom how the human DNA, hallelujah, is, a, is almost like a picture of the book of life. And I explained this using that video I played for everyone before, right? I didn't play for everyone, but I told us all about it, right? Where your human DNA and all genetic life forms, to be honest with you, your DNA is kind of like a rule book with strict instructions that tells your physical body 
the kind of amino acids and therefore the kind of proteins, okay? Amino acids, they make up proteins and also proteins, they make up these things called pathways of life, okay? The kind of pathways of life that are meant to be present inside of you, okay? These are the alphabets that spell out the kind of person you are or will be, hallelujah. Now, why is this crazy and so like, like, um, got, why did this get my attention so much that I mentioned it um, two Wednesdays ago and even during Melchizedek school? It was crazy because it hit me. That, oh my goodness, the human body follows strictly, right? It looks strictly at its book of life, right? And it's constantly checking to find who are Francis's parents? What if, where does Francis come from? What kind of amino acids am I meant to make? Does, does that make sense? Basically, like your body is constantly studying your DNA, okay? Page by page, line by line, precept by precept, looking to make sure that the only amino acids, the only proteins, the only pathways of life that can be found inside of you are the ones captured in your book of life. Does that make sense? And what hit me was, oh my goodness, this is exactly how we are meant to function as believers. We as believers are meant to be looking into the book of life, our father's DNA, and pulling out our amino acids, his amino acids, his proteins, and his pathways of life. Hallelujah. I thought it was so cool that they called them pathways of life. I'm going to keep on saying how cool it is. Amen. Hallelujah. Who here doesn't understand what I'm talking about? I'm making a reference to two Wednesdays ago, making a reference to Melchizedek School, making a reference to that video I, I sent to everyone in the group chats, right? about um, the incredible, impossible machine that we are, right? Protein robots. <laughs> no, we are. Well, we are incredible, yes, but the physical body is not who we are, right? We are spirits. We have souls. We live in a body. We are spirits, souls, and bodies. Hallelujah. But man, when I saw that, I was crazy, and that was beautiful. And again, the book of the genealogy. So basically, what God was saying in Genesis 1, 26, 27, I want to have a son and give him dominion. Hope everyone gets that. Basically, that person that is God's son is the person that has God's DNA or God's book on the inside of them, who has God's pathways of life on the inside of them, who has God's proteins, God's amino acids on the inside of them. Hmm. So beautiful, right? This is so cool. I have so many verses to like just pour out real quick that kind of hammer this in. First John chapter three. Let's look at... Um, Nine from verse nine. Yes. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin for the seed of God remains in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. Now, this is a throwback again to that thing we saw about the DNA. And if you remember what we talked about last two Wednesdays ago again about the city of God about the book of life and how they shall by no means enter in anything as an abomination. Amen. We're seeing a painting of that right here. Just to make sure I hammer this in. Let's just go there real quick. Amen. I'm going to copy this portion of scripture. We're going to go to Revelation chapter 21. The very last portion of scripture. From verse 26. Okay. Bible says here, and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no way enter in anything that defiles, neither anything that works an abomination or makes it's a lie, but only those things that are written in the Lamb's book of life. And we explained two Wednesdays ago how that is just like your human DNA, right? 
Your body is constantly reinvestigating, okay? Thoroughly examining, reading, proofreading, right? <laughs> uh, Rereading, musing over the contents of your DNA to make sure that the only amino acids, proteins, and pathways of life that are present inside of you can be found in your parents, okay? And through this investigation, there is intentional um, 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 work being put into making sure that anything that is contrary to what is written in there is also fought against. This is not in your parents. It is not in your ancestry. Where is this coming from? And all of your body begins to fight against it. Hallelujah. That's actually how cancer cells are fought against. It's because um, cancer cells are anomalies to what is written concerning you. Amen. That's why if you check witches and wizards, they actually work with tumors a lot. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then Jesus walks with healing. Amen. Hallelujah. I think we need to. That is worth meditating on for a very long time. Now I think about it. Hallelujah. Um, real quick, quick, real quick segue. Um, there's a story my mama has told before about Kenneth Hagen's wife, Oretta, Oretta. Um, she was about to die and um, they didn't know that, but she went in for an operation, a medical procedure. And on that operating table, um, Ken Hagen felt this discomfort and he began to pray. And he prayed and prayed and prayed until he had breakthrough. And after breakthrough, he arrived at the Lord, like appeared to him. And basically they had this dialogue, this interaction. And during that back and forth, the Lord explained to him that your wife was meant to die according to what was written in the books. But then I am here to change that. And I'm going to change this. And basically she's no longer going to die, despite the fact that it was preordained that she should die. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to ask you us a very simple question, amen? Where, which book exactly was it written that she was supposed to die? Is it in the Lamb's Book of Life that it was written? Amen. Remember, we looked at all of this exhaustively. I'm, I'm really making, I'm, I'm really trusting that all of y'all have listened to the last mysteries of the kingdom we had. This was two weeks ago, amen, where I explained things like Psalms 139, all of my members were written in your book, all of my days were written in your book, right? That's one Psalms 139. And how, how numerous are your thoughts towards me, O God? How great is the sum of them? If I could count them back to you, they cannot be recounted in order, amen? and references to how God has captured all of our days, all of our members and everything about us in his book of life. Now, when we say everything about us, not us, the man of sin, right? But us in Christ Jesus, because I explained before that the book of life is not a book where they have Francis Isibo, um, Adama Adioku, um, Andrew Azuka, Blessing Moses, that's not what's in the book of life, amen? That is definitely not what's in the book of life. What is in the book of life is Jesus Christ, who he is, his DNA, amen? His days, his life, basically it is a chronicle of everything about Christ. His constituents, his life journey, amen? Um, the thing that he's going to do, the sum total of everything that Christ is going to do. In other words, the book of life is an endless book. We know about this, right? Because the book of John says that um, um, if a book was written that could capture everything that Jesus Christ did, there would be no space in the universe to capture such a book. Why? Because Jesus Christ, his life is eternal. It is eternal life. And Jesus Christ is the very image and likeness of God. Can you write everything that God can and will do? The answer is no. Of course, we know that's right. <laughs> we know that's it's just impossible, right? This is why Jesus Christ said in, in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and in Psalms chapter 40, that um, sacrifice and offering you would have not but a body prepared for me, Lo, I come in the volume of the books. Amen. I love the word volume. Amen. Endless volumes of who Christ is. Amen. Is captured in that DNA of Jesus Christ. 
Bible says the unsearchable riches of Christ, or it says in Ephesians chapter one, the riches of his glorious inheritance in, his, in the saints. Amen. Basically, the DNA of Jesus Christ is unsearchable. It is endless. Amen. What that simply means that it is, it is beyond, it is big. Amen. So it's not just a list of names. Hey, Peter. Peter what? Peter will be. You're in the book of life. That's not what we're talking about. Amen. We're talking about the transcript of who Jesus Christ is. Amen. So someone would ask, why then does the Bible say in the book of Revelation that some people's names are in the book of life and some people's names are not in the book of life? Basically, what's happening there is that if you, child of God, receive Jesus' DNA, amen, what that means, therefore, is that your name is also in that book because that book is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Just like we saw in Genesis chapter 4, chapter 5, the book of the generation or the genealogy of Adam. Does everyone, can everyone see the work that's been put in here and putting all these verses together? Hallelujah. The book of life is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ and it captures his DNA, amen? Therefore, it captures his amino acids, his proteins, his pathways of life. If you have his amino acids, his proteins, his pathways of life in you, then guess where your name is written? Does that make sense? Another way, another way of explaining this is um, the book of life has one name inside. It is Jesus or truth. Now, Jesus has many chapters, has many books inside. Remember the volume of the books, right? Jesus has many, many books. One of them is called Moses. One of them is Ezekiel. One of them is Jeremiah. One of them is Isaiah. One of them is Job. All right? Now, all of these men, amen, are pictures of Christ. They have deposits of Christ. They have the DNA of Christ. The Bible says in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1, they had the spirit of Christ in them. Amen? So because of that work of that spirit in them, that DNA of God on the inside of them, what happened? You find them living to some degree because they didn't have the actual DNA, right? To some degree, they were able to live out pages from the book of life. So for that reason, where are their names written? Does all this make sense? Who here does not understand what I'm saying? Who doesn't? Okay, Keichi, Miss Keichi. Okay, Miss Keichi. What part don't you understand? Let me give you room to ask what part you don't understand. There's a verse I want to look at. What Sorry. Am I my physical Bible? Sorry, it's noisy. Just the part where you're talking about the book of life, you started talking about the DNA first. Let me type it. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so I'm just going to be explaining why you're typing, okay? There's a video I watched that explained how the human DNA works. And basically, the human DNA is a strict set of instructions, all right, that you inherited from your ancestors, okay, according to the flesh. And that, six, that strict set of instructions um, instructs your body and all your cells to produce cells, all right, in a specific way, in a specific manner, as well as different amino acids, proteins, and pathways of life. Basically, your DNA tells the cells in you who you are and who you are meant to be. And it instructs your cells and each cell, to be honest with you, what it should be as well. Could you kindly run through it, through it, please? What should I run through exactly? Run you through what exactly? Okay, I'm just keep on going about the DNA, okay? And so what happens is that when someone is born, 
All right, they're born with the, the whole thing. Oh, it's 838. Hallelujah. <laughs> God bless you, Adama. I'll do my best, okay? I'll do like a little recap, okay? So basically, your DNA, basically, you receive it from your parents, and it tells your body, tells your body, physical body, what you should look like, right? How you should walk, the kind of voice you should have, the color of your eyes, the color of your hair, okay? It is very strict, and your body is looking, checking your DNA to find out, ah, what kind of eyes should Francis have? What kind of ear should he have, amen? It's according to what is written in your human DNA. And I explained that when I watched that video and I saw all of those things and how they explained everything, it hit me that, oh my goodness, this is so similar to what I see in the scriptures about the city of God, New Jerusalem, which we are. The Bible says you are the city of God, right? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And the Bible is basically telling us that we are God's home, a spiritual dwelling place for God in the spirit. Well, who gets what I'm saying? Everyone gets that, right? And if you check scriptures about that, we looked at one of them, right? When we, when we saw that verse that said, there shall in no means, uh-oh, this is the wrong, wrong portion of scripture. I'm looking for Revelations chapter 21, the last portion of scripture, chapter 21, verse 27, where it says, there shall by no means enter into, into it anything that defiles or whatever works an abomination or makes a lie, but only those things that are written in the land's book of life. And I was explaining how this is how the human DNA works. Whenever any cell synthesizes any protein that is not captured in your DNA, the rest of the body begins to fight that operation and might even fight that cell itself. Does all this make sense? And so that warfare against that cell is very similar to what we see in Revelations chapter 21, where you see a strict observance of the contents of the book of life by the city of God. The city of God is consistently examining the book of life to see and make sure that only what is written therein is found inside the city of God. Just to show you what I'm, what I'm trying to say here, let's take a look at Revelation 22, all right, where we see another picture of this. The Bible says here, let's look at Revelation 22 from verse 18. Can you send the video again? Sure thing, I'll send the video again. I just scanned the PhD group chat, but I can't see the video. That's fine, that's fine. For I testify unto every man that hears the words of the prophecy of this book, that if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this, in this, is this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the prophecy of this book, God shall take away his part, right? His part out of the book of life and out of the holy city. Hmm and from the things which are written in this book. So basically, if you, child of God, are not observant of the contents of this book, and you try and use another book to live your life, you are going to find, amen, your, your part of the city, your being a part of the city of God being eroded away, according to what you're living by. In other words, if you live any other life besides the life of Jesus, you are eroding your name from the book of life. Does all that make sense? I'm gonna put that scripture up again so we can see that, okay? If any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Now, man, don't forget, this book was written by, by was given, this book is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave to him to show to his servants the things that they should do. So if God gives you things that you should do, okay? Oh man, it's crazy. It is crazy. 
I'm telling you, any scientist that doesn't magnify God, I hope everyone else gets what I am getting. I don't want to be celebrating the the majesty, the um, the wisdom of. I don't want to celebrate like revelation by myself. <laughs> Who gets what I'm saying? And I'm like, oh wow, this is so good. And we're looking at him like, wow, I bet it is. <laughs> With the way he's shouting, I don't. I like to have what he's having. By the way, amen. I'm just seeing how the way the human body is designed, it is actually how the city of God is meant to function. And we see that in the scriptures. Sorry, I have a dog here with me. <laughs> amen. And you notice, amen, in the scriptures, hallelujah, man, that we are the temple of the living God. And we are also the body of Christ. Amen. So the book of life is like the transcript of the body of Christ or the DNA of the body of Jesus Christ. If you do not observe the same way the human body works, according to everything written in the book, and you try and live a different life, what does Christ say about the lukewarm church? I will spit you out of my mouth. Hallelujah. So we are not, we're not allowed to live a different life. Hallelujah. We're meant to live according to what is written in the book, in the book of life. That is what our life is meant to be. Amen. We're meant to live only according to what is written therein. Thank you, Jesus. Sorry, I had to let out our little furry friend there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Who gets what I'm saying? I'm also trying to show us that this DNA, amen, of Christ Jesus that we have is the access to the dominion mandate of Genesis chapter one. This book of life is actually how we access the dominion of the fish of the sea over the birds of the air. It is by the DNA of Jesus. It is by the inheritance, the heritage of Jesus Christ. And I show that to us by us taking a look at Genesis chapter five where the Bible spoke about the book of the genealogy of Adam and how Adam, right, when he gave birth, he gave birth to a son in his image and after his likeness, and his name was Seth. And I explained that that is actually what God wants. God wants to give birth to people, amen? And this people he's going to give birth to, hallelujah, they're going to have dominion of the fish of the sea over the birds of the air. Now, the Bible is explaining to us, according to everything that we've seen here, okay, and we said so far, amen, that people that are given birth to, they have inside of them the DNA. It is a long set of instructions about the kind of life that person is meant to live. Amen? And we're calling the DNA of Jesus the book of life. Is everyone listening? We're not just calling it that. That is what it is. <laughs> is everyone listening? Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the word made flesh. What is a human being, right? The instructions in your DNA, right? Manifested. Your parents act in a specific way. It's like them in that family. That, that is how they walk in. That's, that's who these people are. That's how, they, that's how all of them are in that place. Why? The book of life. Who does not understand what I have said so far? I have to pray extra for utterance. Amen. Does everyone understand? If you give me give me a thumbs up if you if you get what I'm saying. Give me a thumbs up. I need some feedback here. If everyone gets what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Yay. Thank you. Oh, that's so encouraging. Thank you. Awesome. Ah, Adam, we'll see your thumbs up. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Where, where, where are you at right now, Adam? You may want to watch a teaching by Francis Priest two weeks ago. Yes, yes, yes. It would really make sense if you watch that teaching. Amen. 
<laughs> I love that emoji. Well done, Adam. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me just censor it with this. Amen. Hallelujah. Or let me just surprise like this, okay? When a father gives birth to a son, that son has his DNA on the inside, okay? Now, that child's DNA on the inside instructs the cells, the physical body of that child, all right, on how that child is meant to look. Those looks are gotten from their parents. In other words, in that DNA given to that child, amen, is a description of the likeness of his parents. The image of his parents is found in that DNA. Does that make sense? Now, as that child continues to grow, expressing the contents of that DNA, you're going to find the child coming into the likeness of the parents. In the beginning, it might not look like that. That is the truth. Who's ever seen a, a fetus in the womb or any of the scans you know, they show us in, in biology class? At one point, the human being even looks like a tadpole, right? It doesn't look like a human at all. But as a child continues to morph, and morph and morph and more pages from the book are opened, right? More volumes of the book, what happens? The body is prepared, right? To execute even more instructions from the book of life, right? What is the combination of everything? The child comes into a, a likeness of the parents. This is what parents celebrate, right? I have, he has my nose. My child is a thief, stole my nose from me. Got that nose, it's mine. And they walk around with pride to see my child's has my dimples. Amen? What's happening? In the DNA of the parents given to that child, eye color, hair color, amen, ethnicity, all those things are captured in that child's DNA, which we, are, which we have referred to as the book of life. Now we, as children of God, God's offspring, amen, our DNA is God's word, the volume of the books, amen? And we are meant to function the same way the physical body functions, where there is a strict adherence to the contents of this book, to the contents of the DNA, where if there is any anomaly, anything contrary to what is written here, everything in us begins to fight against it. Just like how in the physical human body, anything that is contrary to the human DNA that enters in is fought against completely. No proteins will be created or synthesized that are inconsistent with the DNA. In fact, the way the DNA actually works is almost like a lock and key mechanism. The DNA itself is actually, on that DNA itself, is the process through which the amino acids are created, are generated. The fight against cancerous cells. Cancerous cells, cancer is when you're seen inconsistent with your DNA. That's actually what happens. Cancer cells, they multiply by themselves. They're not human. It's another creature that's going on the inside. That's why they have to, they have to be killed, because they are contrary to what is written. Those are called abominations. Who feels goosebumps? Like when I hear these, when I think about these things, I'm just like, man, the people that wrote the scriptures, you, you can see why there is no, there is no, um, I don't have to say it now. Science anywhere. You, so after how many thousands of years of scientific discovery, we land in the book of Revelations. <laughs> Who gets what I'm saying? as far as our exploits into the inner workings, right? Of, of how human beings function, right? All of these things at the very end, at their climax, so we still end up where? In the scriptures, no matter how advanced you want to be with your microscopes, right? With all of your years of, of, of observation and note-taking and systematic you know, um, documentation of, of everything that's happening in the human body, 
You still end up where? In Paul's epistles, as far as like understanding the human body is concerned. So what, what am I trying to pull out here? Amen. <laughs> Our dominion mandate, beloved. So I'm trying to emphasize here. Our dominion mandate is actually captured in our DNA as believers. That's what Genesis 1, 26, 27 says. Let's make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion. In places where we do not find dominion in our lives, there isn't a strict adherence to what is written in this book. That's what I'm trying to say here. Is everyone listening? There isn't a strict agreement, a fierce agreement. I'm seeing now the reason why I have to be militant in my embracing the scriptures. Why faith is not just, ah, let's it, let there be light. No, no. Faith, according to everything that we're trying to capture here, if you look at the way the human body functions, if you look at the attitude the scriptures are demanding that we take on, we can see why the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent taken by force. Because your physical body is militant in adherence, in strict adherence to what is written concerning you. Is everyone listening? This is why I was asking the question about what happened with Oretta, um, Oretta, Oretta Hagen. When Jesus Christ appeared to Kenneth Hagen and asked him, and told him, sorry, that according to what is written in the books, your wife was meant to die. I asked a question, which book was it written that she was meant to die? Is it in the Lamb's Book of Life or was it in her Book of Life? Can anyone answer that question? And I'm going to answer that question um, in a way that might come off as harsh. Amen. So don't be afraid if I respond harshly. By harsh, I mean I'll say yes or no. That you're, I'll say you're right, right or you're wrong, and I'll explain why. Anyone? I didn't say that to scare you guys from answering it. Please answer. <laughs> Hi. No one is answering me. Her book after the order of the fallen man. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Amen. What's happening here is that inside of this woman's body is a book. We, we, talk, we spoke about this briefly, I think even during word for now, maybe. Amen. Inside of every single one of us is a book. Let's, let's look at that in the scriptures. Amen. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Hallelujah. Let's start from verse. You've read this before. Nothing is wrong with us reading it again, right? Second Corinthians chapter 5, from verse 10. Bible says here, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to what he has done, whether it be good or bad. Now, when you read that, you think in your mind, hey, they're keeping records of things done in your body somewhere because everything you've done is going to be you know, judged, basically, according to that scripture, right? But I want to tell us, amen, I think we've said this before countless times, right? That in the original Greek, the word um, done is actually not in the original Greek. In other words, a more accurate rendition of this scripture, listen to me when I'm saying it, don't, read, don't, read, don't necessarily read what's here, okay? For it must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things in his body according to what he has done, whether it be good or bad. Does everyone see that? So basically, based on how you live your life, some things will be found in your body. Now we are going to be judged according to the things found in our body. 
I want, I want to make sure, I'm going to type that out in the chat, okay? We are going to be judged according to the things in our bodies. So if I give my money now in, in secret to a homeless man, according to the scripture, about to give your arms where no one sees, right? So that your right hand or what your left hand is doing, right? Basically keep it secret. If I do that, there is a record of that stamped in my physical body. On judgment day, that record is going to be exposed. Is everyone listening? Hmm. When I walk in love and no one sees, when I walk in purity and no one sees, those records are captured where? On my physical body. Okay. Now, hold this thought and let's jump real quick, okay, to Revelation chapter 20, okay? We are going to take a look at Revelation 20. Let's start from verse, this is 13. Yes, okay. The sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. Now, when you read this, all right, you might not get the gist of what I'm trying to say, amen? Until we look at verse 12, we go one verse sooner. I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of the things which were written in the books according to their works. Can everyone see this? So, your works are actually captured in your body and your body is a rec is a place where records are kept. Is everyone seeing this? So when I do good, when I do, this is why the Bible says things like God sees everything. That God, there's no hiding away from God. It's not because God is looking at you and peeking at you or whatever, no, 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 no. The tool by which you execute wickedness or unrighteousness is your physical body. There, that, you know, this is why when things are done in secret that are evil and wrong and not repented of, Amen. What ends up happening is that God doesn't have to punish you. Your own body condemns you according to the scriptures. Who's ever read Romans chapter 8? When the Bible says, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Who's ever read that verse before? Romans chapter 8 from verse 1. Amen. That portion of scripture in Romans chapter 8, he's, that condemnation is not coming from Satan. No. You know where that condemnation is coming from? It's coming from the body. I'm going to say it again, the condemnation in Romans chapter 8 is not coming from Satan, it is coming from the body. Now, for the sake of context, let's hammer this again, Romans chapter 7, hallelujah, let's look at Romans chapter 7, let's start from verse, la 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 la, la 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 la, from verse 20, five verses, okay? Oh dear, uh, this might be a lot. 18, oh dear Lord, 17, oh God, 16. Ah, oh, man, this is a long portion of scripture. Let's start from verse 15, okay. So here's Paul, he says this, okay. Oh dear, okay. For that which I do, I, oh, please don't tell me it's from verse 13, 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am conscious under sin, for that which I do, I do not know. For what I would do, that do I not. For what I hate, that I do. 
right? This is Paul going over in Romans chapter 7 about the difficulty doing what is right, right? When there is a law present in my members. I'm sure every, every believer has read this, right? This is the excuse of everyone that wants to continue in sin, right? It is because there is a law in the physical body that is demand that they continue to um, perpetuate wickedness and unrighteousness. This is why people say things like your easiest, your hardest murder is your first one, right? The first person to kill is the hardest one, right? Um, once you smoke a joint, that first high is your best high ever, right? And it's because of laws in the body, all right? Okay. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that is good, then it's no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. For know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. Now, this is Paul making reference, okay, to a body that has been doing wickedness, okay? Because the body is keeping record of the wickedness that he is doing, the books in here, hallelujah, there is nothing good in those books. It is negative, right? The things that are captured in the body, amen, are the writings of sin. Who's ever read that verse when David said something? In sin did my mother conceive me. Has anyone seen that? Psalm 51? Anyone ever seen that before? That I was, uh, what should we call it? I was brought, <laughs> in sin did my mother conceive me. I was brought forth in iniquity. <laughs> Where is it? Psalm 51. Let me just read that real quick. I'm going to read the scriptures. I won't, put, I won't put the scripture on the screen. When he said, um, um, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Horrible scripture. Amen? Hallelujah. This is what happens when the records in the body, amen, are of Satan. Is everyone listening? What you find in your physical body is that the deeds in the body are the records of death. And that's what Paul said in this portion of scripture. If then I do that which I would not, I can say that the law is good, but it's not me that is doing it, but sin that is alive on the inside of me. For I know that, is in, that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. This is what David said, right? I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Okay. If we keep on reading this portion of scripture, you see here, now, if I do that which I would not do, is no more I that does it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Verse 23, I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Now, what you're seeing here is that the records in the body, all right, hallelujah, the records in the body are not just records for record keeping sake. They are also laws. Is everyone listening? That the body adheres to. Hmm, this is scary because basically what we're seeing here is that basically if you begin to go on a path of iniquity, there is a record of that wicked act captured in your physical body. Now that record captured in your physical body begins to function as a law demanding that you repeat that thing again. Now, as you give yourself more and more to that iniquity, you find even more records of iniquity captured and the law gets stronger and stronger and stronger. For some people, you get high, you smoke weed once, back home, that is the end of your life. You, you, something like crystal meth, that is a serious law. If you do iniquity in that direction, you are gone. Unless for Jesus, Jesus has to save you. And even for Jesus to save you, you have to have a genuine encounter with God. I know what I am saying. People that take meth, their brains stop working practically. Because why? That deed is very wicked. It tampers heavily with the writings in the body. 
several listening. Hmm. Now, this thing I just described now is how Paul ends Romans chapter seven. He says here, I see no law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, bringing me to captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this, from the body of this death? Can you see that? So he's saying here, this body is now a, a place of captivity to me. It's now a place I am trapped in. This is why if you keep on reading, he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Now, Paul is saying this in chapter seven, but if you remember, there's no chapter and, and verse in the original Greek, right? When the epistles were written, they were all continuous. The next verse, he says this, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. What is Paul saying here? That condemnation, that entrapment, all right? Of the physical body being a cage for you where you cannot stop doing wickedness does not exist to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Is everyone listening? So basically, when I begin to walk in the spirit, what begins to happen is that the records of death in my physical body, they change. They are depleted. Someone says, how? How can you live contrary to the law written on the inside of you? You can if the contents of your book of life demand that you do not live a life contrary to the life of God. Does that make sense? But it say it again. The only way, all right, by which we are able to live a life contrary to the law, to the law in our members, amen, is if our actual DNA says something contrary. What now begins to happen is that if your actual DNA, when I say actual DNA, we're, we're children of God, amen, we have the image and likeness of God, our DNA is the DNA of Jesus, our DNA is the book of life. So now there must now be a consequence of your DNA change, which is what? a strict adherence to the instructions captured in the book of life. In our new DNA, there has to now be a strict adherence to what is written in the scriptures. What does this look like? We begin to treat deeds in the body like cancer. And what, how does the body deal with cancer? The body's immune system begins to lash out against it. There is all out war against the cancer cells in the physical body. I'm gonna show this to us in the scriptures, Romans chapter eight. Um, from verse seven, from verse 11. This is a scripture that we use a lot to declare healing over our bodies, and it does work for healing. And truth is that it actually is valid for use for healing, if you understand. Just we'll keep on reading here because if you understand the wisdom of all, all these things and how sickness lies on the body, you can see how this can be used for healing. Okay. It says here, if the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Now, when you read this, you might think something about resurrection life as in he raised from the dead, which is because raised from the dead. You're not physically dead, right? Are we, anyone here physically dead? The answer is no. I don't know who can ask that question, okay? No one here is physically dead. So what death is he talking about here? What mortality is he speaking about here? The quickening in the physical body is meant to deplete the records of death that Paul was complaining about before when he said, who is going to deliver me from this body of death? Does everyone get the, get this picture here? I don't know if I'm able to hold all of these things. You know, forgive me. Sometimes I have Bible studies, and my Bible studies, I have like my iPad, 
my Bibles, different translations and concordances, and I draw out what the Lord is showing me. Thank you, you understand, thank you, okay? I'm so happy when people get what I'm saying, amen? Because sometimes I feel like I have like these threads and I don't just teach in sequence, I have like a network, almost like a, like a nodal structure when I'm explaining things in the scriptures. I think visually um, um, digesting the scripture is a wonderful way to comprehend a lot of spiritual themes. And I'm saying that because the scriptures were written visually, they're not written linearly, the way Greek system of thought has brought us to. Scriptures are meant to be engaged with the heart continuously. And what you'd have is you have a center word and you keep on going over this center word, like a center verse of scripture, while you keep in mind other verses of scripture that this verse touches on, okay? So you have this one thing that God has you on and you're meditating and engaging all other verses that surround this scripture. And what's going to happen is that when light breaks through here, it unlocks all the other verses. And with that, you have like DNA where beautiful. You now have an expansion in real estate, in your heart of comprehension of the scriptures. And slowly but surely, you keep on, you now pick one of these nodes and you zoom in there, make that one your center, and you continue to ruminate and digest and meditate and muse over that until there's another explosion and even more real estate and more light and more fleshing out. Amen? So what am I talking about here? When the Bible says he will quicken me, he'll quicken our mortal body by the spirit of Jesus Christ from the dead, he's not talking about us being raised from the dead physically alone. Yes, that, that is also that too. But if you read, read the concept of the scripture, that's not what he's talking about. What he's actually talking about is the deeds of the body. The deeds in the body being depleted. Now let's look at that real quick, okay? Huh, man. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. This is how the DNA works, how the body fights against cancers. It sees something that is not captured in your DNA, it fights it. Its goal is to mortify it. It wants to blot it out. Beloved, this is what Paul is talking about right here. This is how the body deals with cancer cells. This is how we deal with anomalies and contradictions to the scriptures in our lives. What do we do? We mortify them by the spirits of God. Now look at what the Bible now says after this, right after this. For as many as are led by the spirits of God, these are the sons of God. Can everyone see how everything is so heavily knit together? You can tell people in the scriptures, people that wrote the Bible, they understand DNA. They might not have had the scientific knowledge, but spiritually, by priesthood, right? By wisdom communicating in the scripture, you can tell they understood all of these things. So Paul knew, hallelujah, that we are the offspring of God. Now, as God's offspring, if you keep on reading Romans chapter 8, you see more references to if anyone be in Christ, right? Um, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. But if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, and the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of righteousness from the dead dwells in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. Essentially, he's saying here that if you're a child of God, you have the DNA of God. Therefore, there ought to be processes inside of you that are meant to fight deeds in your body that's our contrary to what's written in god's dna what, what am i talking about here 
There ought to be processes in our lives that we are actively engaging to fight against and to resist everything that is present in our bodies that is not present here. Just the same way the human physical body looks at the DNA and sees a cancer cell and says, wait, I don't see anything about cancer here. What happens? The body begins to fight against it, right? If you check the rate at which the body fights cancer in, in, in the way God designed the human body, it's actually an alarming rate. Cancer cells appears, appears whenever there's any mistake in the DNA. A verse or scripture is missed. That's for us. That's what cancer means. Remember what the Bible says? Not one jot, not one tittle. We'll go back. Who, who here understands what I'm saying? <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> I can get excited by myself. But I don't think that's going to be edifying to anyone else but me. Amen? I'm hoping that we're seeing here, amen, that we are actually God's offspring. That's literally what I'm trying to say here. And as God's offspring, amen, our DNA is the DNA of God. Now, what should happen is that new operations ought to be activated in the physical body for the simple purpose of blotting out inconsistencies with what is written in the DNA of God, what's written, what's written in the book of life. We must continually blot out what's written there until our bodies look like Jesus's body. Is everyone listening? This is why the Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is why we are called the body of Jesus Christ. The Bible says we are bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. You know why? Same DNA. Same DNA. Let me show us Jesus' attitude because Jesus Christ's death was introduced to Jesus as well. Remember the temptation of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 4 and in Mark and in Luke as well? Luke chapter 3, I think, is the one. You would see where death introduced itself to Jesus. I think it's Luke, no, Luke 3, yes, yeah. Amen? No, Luke 4. Amen? And how did Jesus respond, amen, when death introduced itself to him? Let's take a look real quick. The book of Hebrews, chapter 5. Hallelujah. We're going to end with this. Hallelujah. From verse 6. Oh, from, yeah, from verse 6. Oh, ho, 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 ho. From verse 5. Man, the Bible is so good. You can't plan this. You can't plan these things. Christ did not glorify himself to be made a priest unto God. But it is God that made him a priest when he said to him, you are my son. Today have I begotten you. Now what God is, can y'all see that? Can y'all see that? Sonship, having the same DNA. You can't make this stuff up. It's crazy. So in the subject matter of Jesus Christ being God's son, having God's DNA, all right? God giving birth to him. He says, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, it now says this, Christ in the days of his flesh, remember all his days were written in the book, right? When he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death. And he was heard in that he feared. In other words, what am I saying here? The deeds of death, amen? Jesus Christ was confronted with them, amen? And Jesus Christ, what did he do? He refused to be overcome by them. Jesus Christ says, in the days of his flesh, the Bible says here, strong crying. Whoopsie, sorry, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. 
It says here, in this verse, when he offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears to him that was able to save him from death. Hallelujah. Jesus saw things that were contrary to what was written in the book of life, and he fought against them. He said, I don't want this on the inside of me. I don't want this around me. I don't want this anywhere near me. How did he respond? He took the DNA of God. What did he do? The Bible says with strong crimes and supplications. This is contrary to what is written concerning me. This is not what is written concerning me. You see what happened with Kenahagin when he prayed for, it, for his wife? Just because I said, came and I prayed to him and said something. According to what is written in your wife's body, she should die here. Now, I have come to do what I have come to change what is written. I have come to mortify a deed of the body. Is everyone listening? The same thing with us. You know what Jesus Christ said to Ken Hagen after, after that encounter? He said to him, I want to do this for all of my children. What was Jesus saying there? I want all of my children to experience changes in what is written concerning them. Not in the book of life. What's written concerning the book of life is good. Amen. All God's promises are written concerning me are yes and amen in the book of life. Amen. We're talking about the book of life in the physical body. What book are you reading, beloved, is my question here. Are you reading the book of the genealogy of Adam? Who was shaped in iniquity? Who in sin his mother conceived him? Or are you reading the book of life? Where the Bible says, all of my members are written in your book. And all of my days, hallelujah, before I lived any one of them. I am going to stop. Hallelujah. I hope that everyone understands what has been said. I hope this was not too confusing. I'm so sorry. I felt like I was a little bit all over the place, but <sighs> we are actually God's children. I, I feel like I'm not looking for where in the scripture they can finally tell me that it's a lie. You're not really God's child, Joe. It's just you're going to become God's child. No. Hallelujah. We are actually God's kids. God gave birth to us. God gave birth to us. What is the problem? Why do we see discrepancies? Amen. This body, but if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. The spirit has our DNA, has the book of life, and the spirit's assignment in the physical body, the first um, spirit's body, um, the spirit's assignment in the physical body as its temple is to mortify the records there. Change your physical DNA to align with the DNA of God because the DNA of God is your DNA. How do I know this? Amen. Your parents might be born again, right? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But yet, the DNA, their physical bodies, amen, hallelujah, is what gave birth to you. How many of you know that? Amen. It is the DNA. Now, if they kept to, as they keep on blotting out things, amen, in the physical body, blotting out deeds of the body, what's going to be happening is that when the physical body of your children is looking for records, all it's going to find is your parents walk with God. Amen. Records of their walk with God. Records of their walk with God. Amen. And because of that, there won't be many records of iniquity found. So there might be some mischievousness here and there, but really not, not, not a lot. Not, not, not volume of the books like many of us. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What's meant to now happen is that over time, that child, by walking with the Holy Spirit, will begin to blot out the deeds of the body 
until there is nothing that is an abomination on the inside of us. And everything inside of us will be consistent with God's dominion mandate. Why is all of this important? Kingdom, God's kingdom, for us to express God's kingdom externally, his DNA must be found physically inside of us. Hallelujah. Hope everyone understands. Um, practically, what does this look like? This makes me imagine what our kids will look like after we've worked Godliness into our genes before conception. Thank you. This is actually what happened with Enoch. Enoch walked with God for a while. Amen. Gave birth to, gave birth to children. Then walked with God and then was not. All right. If you check things around seekers of God, all right, the kind of children they give birth to. And the Bible says the seed of the righteous is blessed. You know the reason why? When you walk with God and you mortify the deeds of the body, amen, hallelujah, your child's, what is written in the book of life, it is easy for the child to live it out. Why? Because the child wakes up with that thing as inheritance. They, they find it driving them physically. See why it, pay, it pays to fear God? See why it pays to walk with God? Hallelujah. Beloved, now are we the sons and the daughters of God. <laughs> Look at the manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we call the children of God. Amen. Therefore, the world does not know us because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It might not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, but we shall see him as he is. When will he appear? Not the appearance in the sky, oh, that's not the appearance. It's the appearance of Christ in the physical body. When we have successfully downloaded all of his genes inside, you will begin to see signs of the Son of Man. Hallelujah. I really hope you all are as excited as I am after listening to all of this. This is Mysteries of the Kingdom. May I ask a question? Exodus 32 verse 10. Do you think Moses referred to this book? Yes, yes. When Moses said, if you don't forget them, blow me out of your book. Yes. Moses was saying that the atrocity that Israel committed was worthy of their name to be blotted out from the book of life. Moses said, don't blot them out. Blot me out instead. Yes. I know, I know what you're talking about. Yes. When Moses said, blot me out of your book. Yes. Any reference to the book of life or the book of the wars of God or God's book or your book, right? Or the little book. It is all the same thing. It's called the scripture of truth. It's called the word of God. Amen. When we say the word of God, we don't mean the Bible. Amen. The Bible, amen, is people's encounter, amen, with the DNA of God. Amen. From this, you can pull out the DNA of God. Hallelujah. I'm just using this as a, as a, as some kind of abstraction, as a prop here. Amen. This physical Bible means nothing. It's not inside of your heart. Hallelujah. It is just a piece of paper. You know those fun stories you see on online on WhatsApp about how a guy had a, Bible, a pocket a, a pocket Bible and they shot him and the bullets, they went through all the pages of the Bible. Now stopped at Psalms 23. Hallelujah. Those are really good stories. Amen. Let me tell you something. <laughs> you don't need a Bible in your pocket. If God's word is in your heart, they can shoot you from today to tomorrow. Nothing will work. I know what I'm saying. I have seen it before. Hallelujah. And these things are practicable. Honestly, practicable. You can, honestly speaking, I've shared it before once. I took some of these things literally and I began to practice them. And I saw them manifest for myself. 
I'd have permission to share them in detail, what happened in detail. But let me tell you something. You can actually take the scriptures and experience, amen, some, some levels of tangibility that can be very frightening. That will make people not believe you're human. You know the reason why? God's DNA is being manifested in the flesh. This is what the Bible says, the word made flesh. That's what the Bible's talking about, amen? The book of life, your, the DNA of God being seen here on the earth. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for joining us, beloved, and for pretending like you're enjoying yourselves. For those of you that are, this is Mysteries of the Kingdom. My name is Francis Seaboard Jr. Pastor Francis Seaboard sends love and his greetings. In case you don't know who I am, I'm a member of the Cable Doom community. And I want to thank you so much for giving so much time to sharing God's word together and to dig into the scriptures. I really hope you were blessed. Please don't forget, we're still praying for Nigeria. The news headlines are not even discomforting. They are annoying, I'll be honest with you, <laughs> to see the audacity of this guy playing video games with the entire country and millions of people. But we are not discouraged by any of the nonsense because we know the party is not over yet. And um, so we're going to be praying. Hallelujah. Um, we have prayers from Nigeria from 7 a.m. to 7.30. Before that, we have prayer from 6 a.m. to 7. And in the afternoon from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., we have the afternoon watch. And a quick heads up. Because tomorrow is Thursday. So what does that mean? We have Melchizedek School. I want to encourage you to show up in person. As usually, it's more fun when that does happen. But of course, we'll be available online. But yes, please do show up in person. Pastor Francis Heber sends his love and his greetings. Thank you so much for joining us, beloved. This has been wonderful. I hope it was a blessing to you as much as it was for me. Jesus loves you. Um, have a great night. Yeah. <laughs> Bye.